Take your Bibles, if you would, uh, turn to Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. Um, I'd like to preach a message today that uh, is something uh, I come, anytime I come here, I come and I talk about our summer apprenticeship program. And, uh, and so I want to preach a message, uh, not so that in the invitation I'll have all the preacher boys come forward and volunteer. Um, but, of course, that could be one application. But uh, I really want to really give you a challenge today um, to adopt a philosophy of mentorship for ministry. Um, that's my challenge for you today. And uh, my title, I don't know if there's a title uh, posted. Brother Cuthbertson wrote that down somewhere. But uh, my title today is Jethro, the Mentor of Moses. Jethro, the Mentor of Moses. Um, have you ever wondered why is it that, uh, and certainly you have, and we, we discuss these ideas sometimes in college, why is it that colleges or churches or ministries fail? Why is it that they fail? Why is it that churches they, they explode in fireworks for a generation, and then they fizzle out and they're gone. Why is it? Why is it that that happens? Um, why is it that families uh, that are strong for the Lord don't produce children that are strong and for the Lord? Um, lots of factors involved in this, and, and, uh, and I, I don't... Uh, I don't uh, claim to have all of the answers because every situation is different, right? We should acknowledge that every situation is different. Every school that closes doesn't close for the same reason necessarily, right? Every church that dies doesn't necessarily die for the same reason. But I think that there is one underestimated culprit to the death of many ministries and the demise of many families. And I think it is this, a lack of good mentorship. I think it's a lack of good mentorship. You know, you think about the Olympics and they have the, the relay race where they pass the baton, you know. We could talk about all of the, the strategy. We could talk about the transfer of that baton in, in theory, but if we don't practice that passing on and taking, passing on and taking, that, then we're not going to win the race, right? We're not going to win that relay race. Um, mentorship is, is so key if we want our ministries to perpetuate. If we want the church to perpetuate, if we want our faith to go further than our generation. And your generation, you're just a little behind me. Uh, I still feel kind of young, but uh, uh, you're just a little behind me. Your responsibility is to pass on the faith to the next generation. And, and to raise up a generation that would serve God to the fullest, whether the Lord comes or not. And uh, that, that's our responsibility. Um, and I, I want to challenge us in this theme of mentorship today, um, good mentorship. I want to offer some solutions to, uh, to this problem of, of the lack of mentorship, the absence of mentorship today, and, and uh, failure to pass on the faith, if you will. Um, by way of introduction, uh, what is mentorship, or, or where do we find models for mentorship uh, I want to just say, throughout Scripture, and you know this, we could probably take a poll and you could give me some suggestions. Uh, throughout Scripture, mentorship is validated. It's validated throughout Scripture. We could talk about Moses mentoring Joshua, right? We could talk about Elijah and Elisha, right? The passing on of the mantle with God's blessing. Uh, we could talk about Jesus in the New Testament to his 12 disciples, right? Uh, and actually to many more, but 12 that were close. And then even those, uh, Peter, James, and John, even closer. Of course, Paul to Timothy. Paul to many. Paul to many. Mentorship is 
throughout Scripture and it's validated. It's also naturally occurring. Have you ever noticed this? Mentorship is naturally occurring. Everyone finds a voice to listen to, right? I think that's why, and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to get too, uh, um, I don't know the word political, uh, but. Uh, um, you know, I, I wonder, as I look at the world right now, and I look at um, the, the generation that's coming up, why is it that characters like Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson are so popular today? Um, I don't know if you've heard of these names. Why is it they're so popular? I think part of it is because people crave someone to mentor them. People want someone to give answers to the tough questions of life. And that's what mentorship is. A walking through those challenging times or, or a shaping of character and perspective and, and passion so that life is productive to the glory of God. And, uh, and I think a lot of the world today, we find, we find and receive mentorship um, naturally in life. And it's for better or for worse. Um, you know, throughout Scripture, uh, we also have people that didn't find good mentors. Rehoboam is one. He had some mentors that were older than him, but what did he do? He went to his peers. I think peer-to-peer mentorship is a misnomer. I don't think you can truly have... You can have sharpening, iron, sharpening, iron, but mentorship is intergenerational, and I'll point that out here in a moment. Um, you know, there's others that uh, found mentorship. Amnon, I was recently uh, looking at that passage, Amnon. What a terrible story. Um, he had a mentor in Jonadab, though. He listened to Jonadab that, that encouraged him in the path of wickedness, incest, and... and uh, so mentorship is naturally occurring. And so it's important for us to be aware, who are we listening to? What voices are we filling our, our minds with? Um, and be sure that it's good mentorship and not for evil. Um, and by way of introduction as well, I want to mention that mentorship in the Great Commission, mentorship is mentioned there. Did you, did you know that? Uh, of course, we're told to uh, uh, make disciples of all people, right? Converts, right? Converting people to faith in Jesus Christ. And that's key. But you know, what's, what's often missed is, and baptism, of course, is in there. That's the second. But the third, I think, is often missed, and that is the teaching them to observe all things. The ex- instruction in all things. Um, I, have, I have never birthed a child, but I've, I've, uh, I have five children. <laughs> and um, uh, my wife wishes she could be here, uh, Molly. Uh, it was a shock to Mr. Hankey when I told him I needed a dating form uh, when I was coming back my senior year. I called him and said, hey, Mr. Hankey, I need a dating form, uh, dating permission form, whatever. And he said, why? Are you planning on dating? I said, well, yeah. Do you have somebody in mind? Well, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and when I told him, Molly, my wife's name was Man, Molly Man. So that was, that was a good joke, you know. <laughs> but uh, I said, yeah, Molly Man. And I think, I don't know if the phone dropped out of his hands or what, but, uh, but that was a shock to a lot of people. But I thank the Lord that... Uh, God allowed me to marry Molly, and uh, she's a blessing, and um, she wishes she could be here today. But uh, how did I get distracted by Molly? Let's see. Um, birthing children, that was what it was. Can I tell you, I have five children, and making babies and raising children are two different things. And you know, there's a, maybe making babies wasn't the right phrase for that. Sorry. Are we mostly adults here? Sorry. Okay. All right. The, uh, no. <laughs> um, raising children's hard work. It's hard work. And you know what? Sometimes you get things wrong. 
And sometimes you got to make things right after you got things wrong. And, and, you know, sometimes because you're working with someone that's, that's not you, you've got to work with them. And you've got to maybe you think uh, right brain and they think left brain. We were talking about this. Uh, I've got a group of kids from our church and Mary uh, Kinsey, a mom from our church. And we were talking about this on the way here. How, you know, sometimes you have to figure out how can I connect with that person, right? How can I communicate truth to that person? I don't think the way they do. Let's work it out. And, and parenting is that way. You know, the Great Commission is not just to get people saved. Do you understand that? It's to teach them to observe all things as well. We shouldn't just have spiritual babies and leave them orphaned, right? We should teach them to observe all things. That's mentorship. Um, mentorship. We need to help them to understand the whole. You're getting that in Bible college here, right? You're getting that. Uh, your fac- the faculty, the, the, the professors here, they are mentors. They're, that's the ministry of teaching. Um, spiritual mentor- or mentorship is also, as one has said, spiritual fathering. It's intergenerational. Um, you know this passage, 2 Timothy 2, 2. Uh, all the things, uh, or excuse me, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You see the intergenerational aspect there? Paul is writing this to Timothy, instructing him to teach other men to teach other men. You see the intergenerational, there's four generations mentioned there. And see that... That is what ministry should be. We want to pass this down. We want, to, we want this to go on and perpetuate and to grow because, uh, because the Lord is worthy. And this is our calling. Um, there are lots of factors required for good mentorship. Um, and we're going to talk about some of those things. Um, but this is all introduction, okay? We need to understand what mentorship is. And really, it's the coming alongside someone. It's the coming alongside and helping them to make sense and application of the didactic truth, the ideas that we're trying to convey, helping them to see it in action. I want you to take your Bibles. We're there in Exodus chapter 2. All that was introduction to lead us to Moses. Now, we often think of Moses as a mentor of Joshua, right? He was. He was a mentor of Joshua and other preacher boys. The Bible indicates that there were other young men that served under him. Um, but, you know, Moses, Moses didn't become the great leader of the Exodus overnight. Um, actually, Moses has a really interesting story. I'm still learning. I'm still learning more about Moses as I study. I want you to see Jethro today, the mentor of Moses. And I, I see uh, we, we're going to kind of be topical here and jump around a little bit in different passages to see the the influence that Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, had on his life and ministry that allowed him to eventually be the mentor that he was to Joshua, leading God's people through the Exodus, but then allowing Joshua to go even further than he went, even further than he went to lead God's people into the promised land. And that really, I want that model to be a goal for all of us, where we, we mentor people to be able to go further than we could go. Uh, one of my goals as a parent is for my kids to be further down the road than where I ever get. If I could pass on my faith to my kids, that's my biggest goal. And, and that really should be our goal. All of us, our goal should be to pass on, pass on the truth to the next generation. Mentorship is the model. Um, let's look here in Exodus chapter 2. Exodus 2. You know the story of Moses, right? Uh, you hear this stuff in Sunday school. You see the nice uh, flannel graph posters and stuff. And, and you get the idea of who Moses, the big things that Moses did. The baby that was spared, 
and put in the basket. He was adopted, basically, by the, the pharaoh. He was raised in the palace, given the Egyptian education of his time. And, and then after all that, things kind of collapsed, right? What do we know about Moses? He, mo- he made some bad choices after coming to adulthood. At 40, he tries to play the deliverer of God's people, but he was refused by his own people. And now he finds himself as a man without a country, not belonging anywhere. He wanted to fight for his people, the Israelites, and that meant turning away from Egypt. Um, and, and even as he turned away from Egypt to try to spare his own people, they rejected him. His own people rejected him. And an interesting parallel between Moses and the Messiah is that rejection, that early rejection. But you know what? Moses was accepted later. God's people will accept their Messiah in, in one day future. Uh, and he'll set up his kingdom uh, for his people on this earth. And we look forward to that, that future that he's given us in hope. But Moses here, he runs after his incident of murdering a man in Egypt. You know that story. I'm going to look here, Exodus chapter 2, verse 15. We'll start there and read a couple of verses. Now, when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. Moses killed somebody. He's, uh, and, and others, he, he killed an Egyptian uh, to, to spare his own people, the Israelites. And the Israelites turned away from him. So Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. I love it when the Bible gives us these stories. You know, imagine, okay, Moses, dry, arid, uh, sitting by a well. Uh, good miles, uh, good, good uh, uh, thing to find. And he sits by the well. And now the priests of Midian had seven daughters. And they came and drew water and filled the troughs to uh, water the, their father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. He's a hero guy. Uh, these seven girls come to, to, uh, uh, to the well, and, uh, and Moses helps them water their flock, and these other bad guys come in, and, and they, they, they want to run them off. And, and Moses stands up for these girls that need someone to stand up for, you, for them. Uh, there's a great way to impress uh, a father-in-law, a future father-in-law, okay? Um, just a little dating advice for you, all right? Uh, show yourself a man, okay? Show yourself a man. Quit you like men, be strong. I like that verse. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, I believe it is. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men, be strong. Moses is uh, standing up for these girls. And uh, then verse number 18, And when they came to Ruel, who is also uh, Jethro, their father, he said, How is it that ye are, are come so soon today? Uh, why are you back so soon? And they said, An Egyptian, interesting, they call Moses an Egyptian, um, an Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and also drew water enough for us and watered the flock. Interesting. He served them. Service is always the beginning of a future, uh, a success. Service leads to success. Um, and he said unto the, his daughters, where is he? And why is it that ye have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. He extends an invitation to Moses. And Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses Zipporah, his daughter. Wow, he really impressed him, didn't he? Uh, he gave him his daughter to marry. And uh, she bare him a son. He called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. Even after having his first child, that memory is still there uh, of being in a strange land. And uh, I, I don't fully belong here. Uh, that sense. Verse, number th- uh, verse 1 of chapter 3, Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, and the priest of, Mid- the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to Mount- the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And it's here where Moses meets with God, has this burning bush, uh, incredible experience that we can't even imagine. 
Um, I want us to see here from Jethro, and this is just the beginning here of, of a short list, how Moses is, is um, he's kind of adopted by Jethro. And, and what I want you to see this morning, and here's where the, the actual meat of the message is, I want you to see five qualities of a good mentor that you can apply to your life or you can look to in someone else. Um, and, and it really is dual application here. Find a mentor, be a mentor. Okay, that's really the, the application, the dual application. And the first thing, the first quality of a good mentor that Jethro evidences is a good mentor, Jethro, he sees Moses' potential. He sees Moses' potential. A good mentor sees your potential. Not only that, he'll take a risk too. He sees your potential and takes a risk with your potential. We've read this passage. Does, does Jethro find out that this guy's a fugitive? How many of you would like your daughter to marry an ex-murderer? <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because in Bible college, we like to draw our nice tight boxes of expectations and, and theories of life. And, and I will never do this, right, Brother Spencer? I'll never let my church do that, and my daughter will never marry this. But what about grace? Now, I'm not saying that, you, you know, go find a murderer for your daughter to marry, you know. Um, but what I'm saying is, hey, there's, there's potential in this man, Moses. And I'm thankful for a Jethro who had faith in Moses. He saw the potential that Moses had. What did Moses have? He's running from Egypt. He's a fugitive of sorts. Is he really son-in-law material? What did Moses have that drew Jethro to him? Can I tell you this? And this is something that got Moses in trouble later on. But he had something that we all need to have, and that's passion. Passion. He had drive. He had passion. Uh, he came running, he's running from Egypt. He's, he's kind of a power play sort of a guy. He wants to save the day. He's a passionate man, and you know what? It gets him in trouble. In Egypt, it gets him in trouble. But now he saves the day for these girls, and, and he's got a father-in-law at the end of the day, or, or however long it took for the dating or whatever, courting, whatever they did, you know? You know, listen, when it comes to ministry and mentorship, I don't want to work with perfect people because you can't work with perfect people. You know what I want to work with? I want to work with passionate people, people that have a drive, people that have drive. You can't work with perfect people. There are lots of guys that have zeal, but they lack control or moderation. They lack uh, the the direction. and, and, uh, and that's something where a mentor can come in and become so valuable. A mentor sees the zeal as potential. It's energy towards actually accomplishing something in life. Uh, you know, fire is a good thing, right? Fire is a good thing if it's under control. There's, there's passion, there's energy there. Uh, and, you know, so, sometimes um, you can push fire to the limit a little bit, you know? And, and there's, there's uh, I, I, like, I like fire, you know? Um, and uh, playing with fire is fun, but there's a lot of risk, right? There's risk. you got to acknowledge that. Uh, when it comes to passion, passion can bring great things. But there's also risk. It's got to be measured. It's got to have its proper application. And that's where a mentor is so valuable. Willing to take a risk with that passion. Uh, willing to take a risk with fire, if you will, for the sake of the good it can bring. It's really hard to help people that lack passion. You know, you can't help perfect people because they're perfect. They don't need your help. People that don't have passion, man, that's some of the hardest. It is, it is really, really hard to get somebody to want something if they have no drive. Um, I hope you have drive. 
you know, it doesn't matter if you know right now if you're going to be a pastor or a missionary or where you're going to be a missionary. But do you have drive? Then praise the Lord. That's what you need. That's what you need. And really, take, understand what I'm saying here. It doesn't matter so much where you are ministering. It doesn't matter so much what position or occupation you have in ministry if you have passion and drive and you're doing it for the Lord. Zealous people, they tend to get bad press. Uh, when you get excited about something, as my dad told me recently, when you get excited about something, people always have something to say to you. <laughs> and uh, they always got something to put the fire out, put the fire, you know, settle down, you know. Um, and sometimes we respond wrongly to that, but, but uh, understand, that's where mentorship comes in. When you're mentoring people, there needs to be a built relationship. You ought to be able to see potential. I've got an illustration. I asked John if I could share this. John Coffey came as an intern at our church twice. Where is he? Twice. There he is. Um, and uh, John, he came just ready to go. And uh, we, ha- we take a short mission trip down to Richmond, Virginia to help out a rescue mission there where they take guys off the street and try to, try to give them uh, a hand up out of the gutter. And uh, the guy that runs the ministry himself was an addict and God saved him and changed his life. Others that run the program, same thing. And we go down there and we help. And we did a building project that year, a couple summers ago. And John Koenig, um, uh, he, he gave us direction. We're going to demo this apartment, take out the cabinets in the kitchen, because eventually we're going to redo it all and, and, uh, and get it ready for somebody to, to use after they graduate from the program. And so uh, he mentioned ripping up the carpet. And I don't know that he had finished saying that. And we're all standing around like waiting, you know, okay, we'll get our gloves on, you know, and, and uh, kind of have a plan. Let's team up and have a plan. And John just starts ripping the carpet up when everybody's standing on the carpet and people are flying everywhere, you know. <laughs> Not really. People were flying everywhere. But, but it was like, man, oh, hey, hey, John. Okay, John, we're, we're, we're going to get this carpet. Let's, let's cut it in strips and, and roll it up and all this. And, and he's like, okay, all right, well, that's fine. We'll do that. But he had passion and zeal, and I was like, this is great. We can work with this. We can work with this. Uh, it might have been crazy at first. Another thing John, uh, John did, um, <laughs> he did lots of things. He, we, he had a jungle that he had to clear on that same trip. Next year, the next year, same trip, he, he was clearing brush, and he was covered in whatever he was clearing. And we found out pretty quick, by, by, I think by lunchtime, that it was poison ivy. I think, yeah, I think he had poison ivy for a year after that. But that's just the way John is. He's all in. <laughs> Head to toe. <laughs> and it uh, doesn't even have to be that deep, right, John? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you can do that when you have a good relationship with people, okay? <laughs> John would come up and do song leading for us. And John, he's got passion. He's got drive, and uh, he did. Keep it going, right, John? Keep it going. He would get up to, to lead singing, and he would, you would think he was doing the Fly Eagles Fly because he's got two hands, and, and you thought he was going to lift off the platform. He's so zealous about what he's doing. I appreciated that. And you know what? It takes a risk. Hey, the song service might not look the same, right? But you know what? This guy's going somewhere. And, and we can work with passion. We need people that have potential, there are some people that don't have potential. That is, they don't have drive. Get some potential. Get some passion and drive. 
And you hope when you have that, people can work with you. And when people have that, you can work with them. Second thing here, second quality of a good mentor. A good mentor will affirm God's direction in your life. Turn to chapter 4, Exodus chapter 4. Got to keep moving here. Exodus chapter 4. Um, I'm not going to read all of this. Chapter 4 is where Moses, he's meeting with God. And Moses is kind of second-guessing the direction that God has for him, right? Um, Second-guessing, third-guessing, fourth-guessing. He has all these excuses, as we say, reasons why he shouldn't be God's man. And you know what? I think there's something to this, going through the list of, of, is this really what God wants me to do? You know, figure out, is, is this a good direction to go? And now Moses has the benefit of talking directly with God. And God says, I'm going to cover for you. I made you. I know who you are. <laughs> I know your past, but I'm going to work with you. And God has a mission for him. Look at verse number 18, just for sake of time. Uh, and here, as Moses has received the call of God to, to be the, the, the leader, to lead God's people out of, out of Egypt in the Exodus, Moses comes, and it's like one more check. He goes to his father-in-law, Jethro. Moses went and returned to Jethro, chapter 4, verse 18, Jethro's father-in-law, and said unto him, Let me go, I pray thee, and return unto my brethren, which are in Egypt, and see whether thou, they be yet alive. And Jethro said to Moses, go in peace. That phrase right there is a powerful phrase. Go in peace. It's like what he's saying is, you go do what God wants you to do. And you know what a good mentor will do? Not only he'll see potential, but a good mentor will affirm or support or encourage God's direction in your life. That's the difference between a good mentor and a bad mentor, okay? A bad mentor is not going to steer you towards God's direction. A good mentor will. He'll encourage you. Um, you ever consider how Moses got back to Egypt? I mean, he left on bad terms, but he still had a connection. It's interesting. He goes back to Pharaoh. He hadn't burned his bridge, in a sense, and, uh, and he goes back to, uh, back to Pharaoh. And, and, but before he does, before he does this mission impossible, if you will, he's unsure. He's indecisive. He's having a hard time making this decision, this commitment, and he goes to his father-in-law, and his father-in-law says, Go for it. Go for it. You know, sometimes that's all a person needs, encouragement. I don't know if there's pastors here that you've counseled somebody, you've had the opportunity to have, they come to your office and they tell you what's going on. And, and uh, you know, I've learned a question that is very useful. What do you think you should do? And you know what? A lot of times Christians know what they need to do. They need somebody to encourage them. They need somebody to say, you're thinking right. Keep going. You're thinking the right way. What you're doing is makes sense, and it's biblical. Go for it. And that's what Jethro does for Moses. He's an encourager to him. We all need people to come alongside and encourage us. Others need someone to come alongside them and encourage them. Uh, I need to keep going. He encouraged him with verbal approval, verbal approval. Um, he says, go in peace. Um, I... I uh, I'll never forget when I told my dad that I wanted to be a pastor. Um, you know, I, I struggled. I went back and forth. Is this what I want to do? Is this really what I want to do? And I, don't, I didn't have one of those experiences where people say, God called me at this moment and, and all that. And, and, and I appreciate people that have that, that commitment or, or that, um, that uh, type of testimony. But I never had a moment where I felt like God had called me and, and was kind of even a little suspicious of that idea. Um, as, a, as a teenager, young adult. And, uh, but you know what God did? He put a desire in my heart. 
And the Bible tells us that if a man desire the office of, bishop, of a bishop, he desires a good work. And I saw that there's the first qualification of being a pastor, desire. There we go, back to potential, drive, passion. Uh, and, and I told my dad, I said, Dad, I think I want to be a pastor. And I'll never forget what he said. He encouraged me. And he said, you know, there's no more blessed occupation, he said. And that's what I needed to hear. I needed to hear that, you know. I needed to hear that I was going the right way. And a good mentor will affirm God's direction in your life. A good mentor will do that. We all need that kind of person. We all need a Jethro to encourage us in the right direction. Um, Let's keep going. Number three. So a good mentor sees your potential. He'll affirm God's direction in your life. Another thing a good mentor will do is in chapter 18, okay? Now we're skipping a lot of passages here. Uh, a lot's happening. And here's really what we're skipping is where the real stories are, right? That's where we put a lot of our, our focus. The crossing of, of the Red Sea, the exodus, all these big things that God's doing. You know, Moses didn't do that with his wife and kids at his side. Isn't it interesting? Where was his wife and kids? They were with Jethro. Isn't that interesting? Look there in chapter 18, verses 1 through 7. Quickly read these. When Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses. After the Exodus, amazing things. Um, and, for all, and for Israel, his people. And that the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Zipporah, uh, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back, and her two sons, which of the same uh, one was named Gershom, for he said, I have been an alien in a strange land. The other name, uh, other was Eleazar. Uh, for the God of my father said he was mine help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came and his sons and his wife unto Moses in the wilderness, where he encamped in the mountain of God. And he said unto Moses, I, thy father-in-law, Jethro, am come unto thee, and thy wife and her two sons uh, with her. It's interesting. We, we overlook this a lot of times. You go through your Bible reading and you see this, okay? We get some more facts here. You know what I see in this? Moses, or excuse me, Jethro, as a good mentor, invested his resources in the mission that God had for Moses. And, and a good mentor will do that. A good mentor invests his resources in the mentee. What kind of resources? He, he committed his, the, the, he, he provided for the livelihood. Now, granted, it's his daughter and it's grandkids, um, but he, he provides care. He took care of Moses' wife and boys. It took time and, and resources. You know, mentoring takes time. If we want fruit in ministry, it takes time. And that's why Galatians says, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We want the fruit, then we need to do the work. And we got to keep going. It takes time and effort and energy. Uh, sometimes I had somebody recently um, you know, they, they didn't need me again. They didn't need me to tell them all the things wrong in their life. Because really there wasn't obvious things in counsel to say, you're not doing this right, you're not doing this. They didn't even need counsel to know what was right because they had a desire to do what's right. They needed encouragement. And, and you know what else they needed? They needed a Bible reading program. You know, sometimes just providing a resource like that can help in the process of mentorship, in pastoral ministry. Have you ever thought about doing a devotional book? You know, have you ever thought about doing um, uh, or, uh, a, a program of mentorship? Have you ever thought about doing a, uh, a class uh, on that specific topic? You know, um, a mentor, a good mentor invests resources and provides resources for the mentee. Um, I see this here in Exodus chapter 18. Exodus 18 goes on, and I think we see some more here. Um, Exodus 18, verse number 8. Amazing thing. 
um, we, we see that uh, as, as Jethro, he, he's seeing what God has done in Moses' life and what God has done through him, and he gives praise to God. Verse 9, Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. You know, up to this point, we're not really, there's not a whole lot of evidence that Jethro is a believer in Jehovah God. He's a good mentor. But at this point right here, if he wasn't before, he is now. Because he's giving praise to God for what God had done. Look what he says in verse 10. Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who hath delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians. Verse number 11. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods. For in the thing wherein they dealt proudly, he was above them. He saw God's work. Uh, You know, it's amazing. When you're involved in mentoring people, you can see God's work perpetuated in those that you're working with. And that's one of the greatest joys of ministry. Seeing people get it, and seeing God working his will in their life. Uh, it, is, it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure, right? And, and God's the one that's doing that work. And when we are in the ministry, we're mentoring people, discipling people. We get to see that. You get to see that. And that's a joy. That's an encouragement. Jethro saw what God had done. Verse number 12. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God. He's worshiping God now. Um, but you know, something that uh, Jethro does, and I think we could probably add another one here if you want, if you want to make a, a list of six here, but I, I, got, I got to keep going. All right, number four. Uh, number four, a good mentor sees what you can't. A good mentor sees what you can't and offers guidance. In verse number 14, um, verse, verse 13, we see that Moses is strapped with responsibility of leadership. He's strapped with responsibility, and it's heavy, and it's wearing him out. It's too much for him. And verse 14, Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people. He said, what is this thing that thou doest with the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone? And all the people stand by thee from morning to evening. Now, what's going on? The people brought their problems to Moses. Uh, They brought their problem to uh, 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 Moses. Hey, uh, help us figure this out. And Moses is now counseling every person with every problem in all of Egypt, or excuse me, all of all the people of Israel. And Jethro sees what Moses couldn't. That wasn't a good model. That wasn't going to last. Moses was dealing with the overwhelming stress of leadership and governance of God's people. It's a position with unique challenges for sure. Uh, I told the guys in church administration, you know, everybody's job is hard. You know, don't complain as a pastor, okay? Don't complain. Uh, there's unique challenges for sure. But lead with joy. Lead with joy. Um, everybody's job. You know, it's hard to be a salesman. <laughs> it's hard to be a bricklayer. It's hard to be a plumber. It's hard to do those things. It's hard work. Everybody's working hard, hopefully. But, but as a pastor, there are unique challenges to that job. And, and as a leader of God's people, Moses is dealing with some of those challenges. Moses gets to the breaking point where he's almost there. He's approaching it. And Jethro sees it before Moses does. Um, Jethro offers some, hear this, constructive criticism. We don't like to hear criticism at all, typically. And actually, um, I, could show, I could show you here, Second, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, it tells us that the, 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 really the barrier to mem- mem- mentorship is ego. <laughs> Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, 1 Peter 5, 5. Yea, all you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Ego gets in the way of good mentorship. So we need to set our ego aside uh, to, in order for uh, us to be a part of a good mentorship program or to mentor others. 
And Moses had to do that, okay? Was Moses trying to do everything himself? I don't know. We don't know. But at least he was, at this point, doing it all himself, whether he wanted to or not. And Jethro points out what he's missing. What was he missing? Moses was missing mentorship. He was missing mentorship. Look at verse number uh, 16. What's Moses? He says, when people have a matter, they come to me. I judge one between another and do make them known the statutes of God and his laws. So what he's saying is, I'm showing them how the Bible or how God's word, if we put it in our, our application, how the, God's word applies to what they're dealing with. And, uh, and that's what Timothy told, or Paul told Timothy to do, right? Teach others so they can teach others. And delegation is a key to effective leadership. It really is. Delegation is really important. And um, and, and it's not to say that you pass off responsibility. You're still, as, as a leader, you're still in a place of responsibility, but you're, you've spread the responsibilities to those uh, b- below you for, for the sake of, of structure and order so that more can be accomplished. And, and delegation is key. Delegation is key. And Moses had to, uh, de- uh, he had to use Jethro's counsel here in order to detach and delegate. Um, a good mentor sees what you can't. Uh, my grandfather used to say, uh, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that's so important. You know, we, we get ideas, you know, like I said, sealed in our, our compartmentalized. Life, life is more messy. Real life is more uh, messy. And I, I've come to like, despise the word nuance anymore. But uh, uh, life is more messy than the scripted apologetic, right? Um, we have to reason. We have to discuss. We have to invest. We have to work. And, and sometimes uh, we have things perfectly figured out and we realize, oh wait, <laughs> we don't. There's more that I didn't see. Um, and be, so be, be humble. Be humble. Uh, Moses needed Jethro to come alongside. And he says here in verse number 17, 18, um, Moses says, hey, what you're doing isn't good. I love it. He just says it for what it is. Young people, if somebody tells you that's older than you and more experienced in ministry that what you're doing isn't right, don't just throw out what they say, okay? I, we, have a problem, um, we have a problem today where I think a lot of people want to build everything from scratch again. You know, like, um, I, think, I think as we, should, we look at family building and Christianity, building churches, we should look as if we're, we're adding another story to the structure, not tearing it all down and building it new. We don't need to reinvent the wheel, you know. Um, should we, may, maybe things will be different today than they were 50 years ago uh, in application, sure. But, but don't, don't despise the constructive criticism of, of someone that's older than you that wants to mentor you. And I think that's where the relationship is key. You know, I, I don't listen to just anything that uh, the, you know, the people say. We had a guy come to our church. I told, Judah reminded me this morning. We had a guy come to our church and tell us that he was Jesus. He thought he was Jesus. Uh, he wanted to show me scars and stuff like this. And do you believe everything you hear? No, you don't, right? <laughs> That's foolishness, right? You don't believe everything you hear. What do you do? You check it by the word of God. Uh, yeah, you're, yeah, you're not Jesus. <laughs> um, and if you think you're Jesus, I can't help you, you know? I, um, I told him that after we counseled for a while. And, and uh, um, but... Uh, uh, Moses, there were some things that he didn't see, and Jethro saw that it wasn't good, and so Jethro told him, take with a grain of salt what the older generation teaches you and points out as a problem. And don't just throw it away or react. Reason with them. Why is that not wise? Why is that a problem? What do you suggest I do instead? 
Do you think this is more effective? Have a conversation. Have a discussion. Um, I think a lot of these social media spats could be solved in like a five-minute coffee stop, you know? <laughs> and uh, because people talk past each other, you know? Um, anyway, a uh, good mentor sees what you can't and offers guidance, okay? And, and lastly here, I want you to see a good mentor will make you a mentor. A good mentor will make you a mentor. Uh, look there. In, uh, in verse, I'll just skip down here. He says, you're going to wear away. Verse 18, you're going to burn out. You can't do it all, okay? Get that figured out early. You can't do it all. Uh, Pastor Camp was a teacher here, and he, I remember one thing he said that I took with me. Um, he said, you know, you're not going to get everything done in a day. Do what you can, and then leave the rest for tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, and I, I, I have to follow that. I follow that counsel often. You know, I did what I could today, and I'm going to go back at it tomorrow. And, um, and he says, if you don't, you're going to wear away. Verse 18, that will truly wear away both thou and this people that is with thee. It's not just about you. <laughs> uh, and for the thing is too heavy for thee, uh, thou art not able to perform thyself alone. I don't like it when somebody tells me something's too heavy for me to lift by myself. I like to think that I can throw that thing in the truck myself, you know. Uh, I can leverage, I can, I, can, I can lean it, you know. And, uh, you know, it's because ego, ego gets in the way. And here he says, listen, it's not good. Verse 21, moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens, and let them judge the people all, uh, at all seasons. He, he gives him a model of mentorship. Find men that are capable and teach them and appoint them in leadership. So Moses, verse 24, Moses hearkened, he listened. Listen to good advice, young people, listen to good advice. Write it down, margin your Bible, find a notebook or something, write things down that you hear, that's good advice. That Moses hearkened to the voice of the father, his father-in-law and did all that he said, and he did these things. Um, the small matters, the others judged. He took the big matters to himself. So he wasn't removed from the whole equation. But you know what he did? He counseled people to counsel other people. That's effective church work. He counseled people to counsel themselves. And you know what that reminds me of? <laughs> it reminds me of 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 2, 2, right? Um, Paul told Timothy, he said, The things that thou hast heard among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Jethro was Moses' mentor. And I think Moses would not have been what he became had it not for, been for Jethro to come alongside and point it, to see the potential that he had, look past his faults, and see the potential that he had, to channel that, to give him good affirmations, encouragements in the right direction, to provide resources that would propel him forward, to see what he couldn't, and to make him into a mentor that would perpetuate down the road. Quick application. Can I challenge you? Find a mentor. Find a mentor. Find somebody that you think has got it figured out, the Christian life, and ask them to mentor you. Find somebody older than you to, to mentor you, to guide you. Uh, set aside your ego, as we said earlier. Um, be a mentor. We need Christians who love people. <laughs> the, the greatest commandment is to love God. And the second is like the first, love your neighbor, right? Love, love one another. That's done through relationships, I heard a preacher say recently, right? And so really the most important thing in your life and ministry is relationships. It's relationships. And so we need to build relationships, build people, um, and, and be a mentor, I think also I mentioned this to the guys this morning. Slow down. Focus on cultivation rather than acceleration. Don't think that you've got to do it all yourself. 
delegate and encourage others in the work that God's called us to do. Will you be a part of the ministry of mentorship? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. It gives us instruction in these things. Help us to apply them personally. Lord, you know each person here and their specific situation, interests, abilities. And Lord, you can use your word to work your will in their lives. I pray that you would. In Jesus' name, amen.